from discarded cigar coffin 37C, outside of a gentleman's club where we didn't meet the dress code. This is a Cigar Snob Podcast. I'm Nick Jimenez, your senior editor. I am joined by Eric Calvino. Hello. Our editor-in-chief and publisher, and Ivan Ocampo. What up, y'all? Our production dude. Uh, Any time that you see all of our excellent photo shoots, he is the man behind all that magic. Today, we are opening with a discussion of something that is delicious, but that is not a cigar. (laughs) And that is this awesome Godiva chocolate liqueur that uh, we featured in a recent perfect pairing in uh, the January-February 2018 issue of Cigar Snob Magazine, which is shipping as we speak. Uh, Eric, tell us a little bit about uh, about where this came from, how we got hooked up with this bottle of this stuff. and uh... Well, so so first off, it's the it's the milk chocolate liqueur, because they have a couple of different varieties. They have a white chocolate one, which I'd love to try also. <laughs> if the Godiva people are out there, we'd love to try it. And they have a dark chocolate one, but this is the milk chocolate one, and it was gifted to us uh, by our printer every year uh, in the holidays, and you can read about that in the in the Perfect Pairings. Uh, but yeah, every year in, during the holidays, they send us typically wine bottles. But this year, uh, Michelle was kind enough to send us a bottle of Godiva milk chocolate liqueur, and we loved it. Thanks, Michi. <laughs> Delicious. This is not good for our diet, but it is no, it's yummy. No, I have a heart. You know what I'm doing with it constantly is I'm putting it in my coffee. Just outrageous. Yeah. And you can even you can do it in American coffee, or if you if you're in Miami and you drink Cuban coffee. A little shot of it inside of your Cuban coffee is out of this world. So I love the thing. I love it. I haven't stopped drinking it. You know, the only thing we haven't done is chilled it. I think chilled would be even better. I know. You know why we haven't chilled it? Because I don't I don't want to commit to finishing the bottle. Right. Because once you chill it, then you have to, you got to finish it. Because that's not. We're, we're almost there. I know. But I don't, it's not like, uh, it's not like vodka or tequila where you can chill it and it's not going to freeze. This is only 15%. I imagine it's going to. It's going to freeze. And then we're just having popsicle sticks. Sure. Godiva, which is, it doesn't sound that bad either. Yeah, it really, it really doesn't. If you're, if you're into, I know this sounds like I'm cheapening the thing and, and don't take it that way at all, but it is like, Oh boy. Like I a, know where you're going. It's like great Yoohoo that gets you drunk. Uh, that's but this, but sucks. it's no, but it's but it's richer. It's okay. it's a more genuine okay, chocolate so flavor. Okay, so if you who made a super concentrated version of itself, sure, and added alcohol to it, that's yes. what I'm saying. It's richer. It's, it's but it does have but, a little bit of that yuhuness. Yeah, because it's not quite like chocolate milk. It's because it's it's not. I don't know if there's dairy in there. there no, there isn't. Yeah, there's no, because no it, so. it's been open all this time. So so yeah, that's the only thing. It's like you you drink it and you're at least I start thinking chocolate milk, but with that kind of you know boozy kick i know but it's so silky it is yeah it's like liquid just goodness i'd love to pour this over ice cream that would be that'd be pretty exciting or one of our smoking hot cigars now listen oh sorry sorry, sorry. (laughs) listen i know that we were all thinking that but it came out of your mouth (laughs) all right so that is not the pairing that we put in the magazine in the magazine we did pair it with the my father la opulencia um so tell us a little bit about Eric about what um, uh, what your notes were on on that pairing in the magazine. Well, look, you when people ask me about pairings, I tell them all the time: the number one thing is to start with two things that you like. Don't try to make something uh, help the other product out because you don't like it. I mean, once you start to get adventurous, maybe you can get into that. But 
really, when you start with two things that are delicious on its own, uh, you have a better shot at a good pairing. Now, in this particular case, the My Father La Pulencia, it does have that very pepin profile. It's strong. It's got pepper and earth. And itself has chocolate notes as well. And so when you pair it with this just chocolate goodness, the the Godiva just coats your palate completely. And then what it what it seems, at least, you know, when we tasted it, what we seemed to agree on was that it sort of eliminated that earth and pepper and it left you just with this like chocolatey nutty thing that was just ridiculous. I could do that every day. Absolutely. Do I, I say that a lot, don't I? That you could do things every day? Yeah, I think it's because I do them every day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, we wouldn't ask you to lie for the podcast. <laughs> if you're drinking this boozy you every day, then payadu. Payadu for the Cuban uh, Can you listeners. get drunk on this? It's Is only 15%, but it's got so much sugar in it that I imagine you have to could. drink a lot of it, huh? I'm, yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down to try it. <laughs> um, all right, so... Our next uh, topic of conversation here, speaking of pairings, this was really not done for the purposes of pairings, but we happen to be drinking this uh, delicious Godiva stuff with a special cigar from the Cigar Snob Vault. (laughs) You're so cheesy, dude. I love it. And uh, this is the Monte Cristo Premium Selection 07. Uh, A little bit about the blend. The wrapper is an Ecuadorian Habano. The binder is Nicaraguan. And the filler is a combination of Nicaraguan and Dominican tobaccos. This, when it came out in around 2011-2012, was available in three sizes. A 6x52 Toro, a 5x52 Robusto, and what we're smoking now, which is the 7x56 Churchill. Uh, Eric, this is uh, this is from before my time at Cigar Snob. Yep. So tell us a little bit about how this ended up in the vault. So we bought we bought a box of this uh, when we rated it way back when. And it's been... So, you know, for our ratings, we only need six cigars, right? One for the photograph and then five for the panel. So then there's there's leftover cigars. And, you know, normally we give out and... and but then there's things that I put away... And I just kind of stash them in the back of the humidor there. And so this thing has been sitting there. Uh, what was it, 2012? Right. So, so it's it's 07, meaning that in 2012 they were using uh, 07 vintage tobaccos. Got it. So uh, so it's been sitting there since that time. So if, if it has 07 tobacco in there, uh, and we have to assume that what they're telling you is true, because if anybody can pull that off, it's these kinds of companies that have these massive stores of tobacco. Uh, so this is some very old tobacco, which explains why it is so mild right now, right? I don't know if, if you guys are, are feeling that, but I am a quarter of an inch into it. It is mild and smooth. Obviously the Godiva, uh, is right now <laughs> all over it, but soon when I'm done with the Godiva, I'll be able to taste more of it on its own, but it is mild, right? Where, for where sure. are you with it? Because I, I know you are. No, no, for sure. It's mild. It's you a Dickman on that thing. It's a Dickman. It's also Dickman a cut. it's also a big honking cigar. It is. I mean, it, it is. is a big, it's seven by fifty six, but it just feels bigger. Um, it, it feels. It's like a baton. <laughs> it feels like you're running a relay race with it. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely on the mild side. 
Uh, I don't know if it's because of the size or because of the aged tobacco or because of both, but it's definitely smooth and light. But I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. I'm really enjoying it. And to your point about the size, I'm sure the fact that we're, you know, that it's it's on the bigger side is even further affecting how mild it is. So it's it's been sitting uh, in the humidor for a very long time where it's competing with this super rich palate coating Godiva stuff. And yet the, the flavor is good. It's not. Oh, yeah. Once you retrohale it, you'll, you'll notice it. The, the smell, the aroma is great. Uh, and I remember it being, I remember it being, uh, this is what I remember from it. It was one of the first Monte Cristos where Altidus, the parent company of Monte Cristo, kind of went out of, the, out of their wheelhouse and created something a little bit stronger, right? So this included some Nicaraguan tobacco to kind of give it a little bit of that zing that Monte Cristo really never had. Um, we're talking about non-Cuban Monte Cristos, by the way. So the non-Cuban Monte Cristo profile was always mild, Dominican, smooth, right? That was its, its trademark. So with this cigar, they brought in some, some kick to it. And I remember we loved it. I, I can't remember what the hell we rated it back then. But if I would do more research before these podcasts, I would be more prepared. But hey, that's on me. We'll have to dive back into the vault as soon as we're over here. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but no, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it. So uh, that's what we're talking about that's on the old side. On the new is uh, a new phenomenon that even if you don't own any of this stuff, you have to have heard of by now. And that is cryptocurrencies. Oh, we're jumping on crypto right now. We're huh? jumping on crypto right now, man. Um, so now, crypto. When I say crypto, I mean cryptocurrencies. Well, I don't know what else it would mean, but I, I guess we'll have to talk about that after the after we shut off the mics here. Uh, so, are we giving recommendations, or what are we doing? I don't here? think we're giving recommendations. I think we're just you know three three people talking about our perspectives on it and whatever experience we might have with it. Okay. Um, just to offer a little bit of, uh, of context, Bitcoin is the one that most people have heard of, uh, that people, yes. if, if you have had limited conversations, there's a good chance that those conversations have been about Bitcoin um, rather than some of the other cryptocurrencies like Ethereum or Litecoin. Yeah, or... everyone talks, no, I shouldn't say everyone, but most of the time the conversation revolves around Bitcoin. People will say, oh, Bitcoin was down today. And you say, yeah, but Ethereum was way up or whatever. They don't know anything about those other ones. They only know about Bitcoin. So, yeah. yes. And, and so the most of these had a, a big spike near the end of the year and then kind of came right back down where they've sort of leveled off at or around ten dollars or $11,000 uh, per Bitcoin, for instance. At the, mo at the time of this recording. At the time of this recording, right, right. And, and it's funny because you hear people talk about, oh, it's cried, but it's, it, it's crashed in some way or another, depending on how you define a crash, like seven times over the last year. But the trend line is... Uh, so anyway, it's unmistakable. I mean, in the last six months, it's you know it's gone from I don't know around three thousand, and it went all the way up as high as about nineteen something. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, so the two of you, let's uh, Eric, tell us a little bit about you know maybe when you first became aware of these things, and have have you taken the the plunge and and bought anything? So we used to share an office uh, early in early cigar snob times. We used to share an office uh, with a technology company, and Gianni was, he was on the Bitcoin bandwagon early, early on. So he was always talking about it, and that's really where I first heard of it. And this uh, is uh, Gianni Dalerta, who Gianni is, Dalerta. Uh, he's now... Shout out to yeah, Gianni. Shout out to Gianni, who, uh, who is now at um, a company called... Ugh, uh, they make, they're responsible for the wallet Jax, 
Um, yeah, Dax Wallet, I think is what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is, he is now full-time uh, making his living in, in the crypto space. Um, yeah, so he's been, he's been our, or I should say my... Uh, advisor? Well, yeah, I mean, not, not advisor because he, he doesn't want to be an advisor. He never wants to... But, you know, whenever I have a question about something or I'm curious about uh, one of these new coins or something like that, I'll always ask him, hey, what do you think about it? He's always very careful to not, you know, he's like, don't make any investment based on what I'm telling you. These are not FDIC insured products. Yeah, 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 yeah very much. <laughs> but, uh, but we love Gianni. And, uh, and so anyway, yeah, I have, I have taken a plunge. I mean, I don't know about plunge, uh, but I've invested a little bit of money into several different coins. And it's been fun. Yeah. I had a little bit of a brain fart there. The the company he works for is called Decentral, and among That's other right. things, they, 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 yeah, among other things, they make a uh, a cryptocurrency wallet called Jax, which is J A X X. Uh, they're a Toronto based company, but um, I've seen some pictures of him, or that he's posted of their office in Toronto, where it's like his face on an iPad floating around one of those uh, one of those I'm a robot at the office contraptions. Uh, Ivan, have you uh, have you gotten in on any of this? So, so no, so I haven't invested any money because I have no money. However, it's kind of probably saved saved me a little bit because if I would have invested back when everybody was talking about it, it's taken a bit of a dive. So maybe if I come up with some money now, I might jump back in. But I'm a little bit more pessimist than everybody else. Uh, but we'll see. Well, you're we'll a traditional stocks and bonds guy. Yeah, yeah. I look for dividends. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I mean, this has had a lot of growth, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm just a little bit more pessimistic about it. That's it. So we'll see. If anybody owns it out there, you don't want me talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so now you know the interesting thing is what happens now that I mean, for a little bit now, it. I mean, when I say a little bit, I really mean a little bit of time. <laughs> in terms of like a month, it has somewhat leveled off. Does that help it become a more uh, usable currency? Because nobody wants to use it as currency when it's skyrocketing, right? Because I'm not going to pay for something with Bitcoin when it's going to be worth twice as much tomorrow. Hmm. So as it levels off, if it does stay at this sort of uh, slow incline. That but, it, it, but it hasn't, it hasn't been price-wise stable. No, since it's of course been out. I'm so, saying so we're if saying, this were to stay right. on this path of 10, 11, 12, 13, not those massive jumps that it was taking, right. does it become more usable as a currency, which was its original intent? Yeah, Because I, right now it's just being used as an investment vehicle. Right. And I think that's the idea, right? Is that there's all this speculation about uh, the reason that people were pumping money into it is in anticipation of it's being used as a currency. You're seeing it used as a currency in some places, but generally not those places that have economies as stable as the U.S. economy. Correct. Uh, but where you hear most people using it is in places like Brazilian favelas and in Venezuela, where their alternative is a national currency that you want nothing to do yep. with you want no part uh, of. and that you can't bank with often. So um, I, I've, I've put a little bit into it. And if I were to sell now, I would have come out losing, uh, <laughs> but not by a whole lot. Um and and one of the things that I thought was was interesting was that the the beginning and the end of the uh, this recent federal government shutdown they sort of demonstrated there was a, a spike and then a dive again and it sort of has this inverse relationship with faith in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know here where 
that only goes up so high and down so low, it's one thing, but it'll be interesting as, you know, more and more people adopt it, how many more places like Brazil and like Venezuela, uh, you see it come into sort of like regular use. Uh, and, and that's really, you know, that's, that's where the big numbers are, right. Of, of people to use it. Um, and, and there's a demand for that kind of a black market currency that, that is out of reach of, uh, of governments and of mobsters and of whatever, you know? Yep. Uh, so well, yeah. I, I think it, I honestly, I, I think it's in one way or another here to stay. I, uh, I'm somewhere in between Ivan's pessimism and, uh, and let's say, you know, Gianni's bullishness. Uh, I'm somewhere in between those two. I, I do think it's here to stay though. I think, uh, cryptocurrencies in, in one form or another are going to be a part of our lives. I really do in the future. In the not-so-distant future, either. And Miami, interestingly, I'm not really exactly sure how this came to be, but Miami is sort of like a, a hotbed of this activity. I know that the the, the big cryptocurrency uh, Bitcoin conference happens here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it was recently that somewhere in South Florida, they did like the first at least publicly known cryptocurrency-based uh, real estate deal. So... You know, when when people are buying buildings with with Bitcoin, that's that says something. I don't know whether that means that it's here to stay, but it's it's here for something. Um, I'll make like a little bit of a shameless plug here. Uh, I have a little side thing uh, at DadeMag.com, and I interviewed Gianni. We spoke for about an hour, hour and a half. Goes to show how complicated some of this stuff is that I sat with him for an hour, an hour and a half, and I'm still more or less clueless <laughs> on all this. Um, <laughs> but, but if you want to take a deeper dive, then we're well, capable of giving you. have to take a deep dive, yeah. even if you just want to. Uh, put a hundred dollars into it. You got. You have to take a deep dive. It's all very technical, and you you know you've got to sign up for on one of these exchanges, and you got to do all these different things. So, yeah, it's uh, you got to deep dive. You can't you can't just skim it on the search. You can't go snorkeling on this. So I wouldn't deep dive with all of your money if any sound investment advice would always say to just allocate a percentage of your portfolio into yeah, that. Something so you're I, comfortable with. Something right? you're yeah. comfortable with. And you're I, comfortable so I, with losing. Yeah. Yeah. So don't go uh, uh, mortgage your house and, and put all your money into it. So, Some investment advice we are very comfortable offering <laughs> is that you should look out on newsstands for a copy of the new issue of Cigar Snob Mag to buy. I love that transition. Soundest investment you could possibly make. Uh, the January-February issue of Cigar Snob is on its way out, and that includes our top 25 uh, list, the, the list of the top 25 cigars of 2017, as well as our usual uh, features like uh, pairing recommendations, travel content. What are some of the things that stand out for the two of you in this in this issue that's going to be hitting newsstands now? So, Well, you can't not mention the ratings, because even though we did top 25... The ratings are always a, a big part of of what we do, right? Uh, they're a, they're a big part of our effort <laughs> leading up, which, by the way, is all, also why that January issue comes out towards the middle of January instead of in the beginning, because of the amount of smoking that has to happen for top twenty five and the ratings. So, uh, so the ratings are, are something to to always look out for, and you know, it, it's tough. I know we've talked about it a couple times, and we've we've put out some some podcasts uh, with the interviews and the tributes to uh, Jose Orlando Padron and Gilberto Oliva. Uh, Gilberto Oliva, you got to, you know, I still have to, I have to say that that's one of my favorite parts of this issue uh, is just the outpouring of affection for these two men 
uh, these two greats of the cigar industry. Uh, it, you know, when you when you listen to George Padron talking about his dad and, and Jose Oliva talking about his dad, it's I don't know, man, it's touching for me. Uh, and, and it gives me a different and I think it should give the reader a, a different perspective on those those cigars that they smoke all the time. Right. Th- those are real, real men behind those those brands, men and women, obviously. So. Uh, so, yeah, that I think that's that's the part that jumps out to me uh, about that issue. In addition to top 25, which is big. The piece we did on Jose Orlando Padron and uh, Hiberto Oliva, it was very touching, as you said, uh, to hear everybody's kind words about them and um, and what uh, place they had in everybody's hearts. Uh, besides that, uh, the top 25 was, of course, one of the best uh, pieces of the year for us. And, of course, I always love talking about the girls. So Yeah, I mean, that is your baby. Not, not that they are your babies. So we did have we did have a uh, two girl shoot this time. Yes. Uh, so check that out. Give us. Uh, I'd love to hear some feedback on what you think. So feedback at cigarsnobmag.com on what you think of it. Uh, I think we've had one of the most beautiful girls we've ever shot uh, this time around. This shoot was sponsored by Villager Cigars. So we had uh, a Meridiana. La Mer- uh, yeah, the cigar. So Villager came in with two cigars that they wanted to. Uh, us to use during this photo shoot and so one was one being La Meridiana and the other one being La Vencedora which uh, we appropriately named each one of our models uh, sponsoring uh, the shoot so uh, check that out I think that's uh, I think you're gonna like it well and it was called Opposites Attract was the title of the shoot right in in that spirit of La Meridiana being a uh, you know more medium bodied creamy cigar and La Vencedora being a more powerhouse smoke uh, so we did have a powerhouse girl. Powerhouse girl. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, to to the point that both of you touched on those those tributes, I think were it was kind of it was a special thing, you know, to to put that together. Uh, and, well, and you you know that was you had obviously a huge part in that. You you conducted all those interviews, and uh, it must have given you a, a perspective that that maybe you didn't have before, right? Even yeah. though you've known both of these gentlemen uh, in, in a limited sense, but you'd known them in, from a business. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's one of those things that, especially in in the cigar industry, uh, you know, a lot of times I'll I'll talk to people who who are totally disconnected from the cigar world and refer to the cigar industry as kind of behaving a little bit like a high school cafeteria. Completely, you know, <laughs> uh, and and that can sound like there's a lot of pettiness and all that, but the flip side of that is that the relationships are very personal. Um, and I think you'd be hard pressed to find another like area in adult life where people's, you know, professional experiences overlap with their personal so much that, you know, when, when somebody in the industry, uh, passes away, you, you get some, uh, I don't think a lot of people are getting choked up at car shows. Uh, and, but that happens here because, because everybody sort of eats, sleeps and breathes this stuff and so you end up with people who have these lifelong uh, relationships that uh, you know they're closer to each other than they are with their families often uh so hearing people reflect on the lives of these two of these two men uh let alone uh jose and and george uh talking about their fathers was a you know an unusually uh emotional thing you know compared to our our usual fare of uh you know, where we had clam chowder and, yes. uh, and what cigars we've been smoking lately. 
Um, the other thing, speaking of chowda, that uh, that jumps to mind is the Boston travel. I won't talk too much about that, but if you go back into past episodes of the podcast, you'll hear uh, a deeper discussion of that that we had right after that trip in episode three. So go back there. And then um, it's, from an editorial standpoint, not a huge feature, but uh, in our event coverage, we uh, we cover their photos and, and a bit of a summary of... Um, is it Atlanta Cigar Week or ATL yep. Cigar Week? I think, yeah, I think it was just Atlanta Cigar Week. Yeah, and, and I think if uh, if you've never been to Atlanta, that's one of those uh, – that is a thing that I think illustrates what a great cigar town that is because they hit a bunch of places, and it's like every every photo that you see, it's like, oh, shit, what a, what a cool-looking cigar hangout What that a cool-looking joint, yeah. Uh, and and I've I've been to most or all – actually, I was there with, with Ivan when we were doing the Atlanta travel story. Um, how long ago was that? Was that maybe a year, year and a half? About a year. About a year ago? And uh, and they really are all places that you wish you had in your neighborhood. Uh, very great cigar town. So that's a thing that to me, at least visually, sort of jumps out. Uh, it's it's one of those events that you see and you're like, I kind of wish I had been there. Well, and and speaking about that though, uh, in terms of events that you wish you had been there, I attended the Sabor Havana Smoke This, uh, and the Sabor Havana Cigars Under the Stars, which is the night before uh, Smoke This. And those were fantastic events, uh, you know, right here in our neighborhood, I know. But just George and Aquiles put together such a great event. They've been doing it now for several years, and it just keeps getting better and better. The food was awesome. The drinks were awesome. So uh, that that event jumps out at me. I know that my recommendations for the issue have already passed, but yeah, I just wanted to add that in there. So another big event that's really not cigar-related, but that we're all going to be uh, at least watching is what is probably history's most patriotic Super Bowl, <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, no doubt. And the New England Patriots. Uh, it's It's got star-spangled banner and screeching birds all over it. Uh, who you got? It's, t- it's tough to bet against New England. It's just tough to bet against them. I, giving five? Are they giving five? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Well, I wasn't saying from a betting no, perspective. No, I know, I know. Now I you've, in, now you've introduced a, <laughs> a, a wrinkle into it because giving five is... I got to figure that line's going to move the other way. Just the history of, of these close Super Bowls with New England. Yeah. Yeah, something crazy will happen. You know, some crazy catch. Maybe some deflate gate type scenario. Oh, but can somebody else just win it, for I mean, God's sake? To your point about it being tough to bet against them, even just the fourth quarter of that last game is... Every every year, there's at least one of those. Another interesting thing about this Super Bowl, did you guys see the videos of the Minnesota fans who went to the uh, to the conference championship in Philadelphia? Did you see the bottles being thrown at them? And it was it was insane. I didn't catch that. I, what I did see was uh, I think it's a Minnesota thing, uh, or no, it's a, it's a an Eagles thing. Uh, the climbing the poles is like a thing they do. And there's video of, uh, so they all are going nuts on the street and there's video from is inside. Any of alcohol the... involved? There has to be. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, but there are probably a lot of Godiva. Uh, they're all just <laughs> shotgunning yes. Godiva. Um, Intravenously. There's, there's video from inside of a train and there's a guy running along the train to catch it. And he just runs smack into one of the poles. Uh, 
that's got to be like highlight of the whole playoffs for me. That's there. Nobody made a play as fun to watch 30 times in a row <laughs> as that guy. There was, that was no, awesome. there was no better hit this year in football. Super Bowl foods. Super Bowl. Oh, I got something. Super I got Bowl something. Foods. I, again, I was not prepared for this uh, podcast, but uh, last weekend, my brother, my cousins were all over the house. And we were talking about my, I have a big green egg at home. That's my smoker grill. And we were talking, we had, there had been some alcohol involved there as well. And it got to the point of, we need to do something with this egg now that we're all here. And dude, we did, uh, we roasted some picanha. I don't know in English what you, so it, it's like a rump uh, roast, but holy mackerel, that was awesome. So I am going, I'm going to read. I'm going to do the Picanha redo, uh, although it came out amazing. Uh, I'm going to do it again uh, for the Super Bowl. No doubt it was just unbelievable. If you, uh, I don't know. How do you, how do you, can you look that up somewhere? Picanha, what is it? What, what would you call that in English? But anyway, it's got this big layer of fat on the bottom, so you roast mm, the crap out of that side. Yummy. And it becomes like a big chicharrón at the end of a steak. So, so I'll be at your house. It was awesome. I'll be at your house. Oh, you tried it, you jerk. You were there. <laughs> so picanha, picanha is, uh, is uh, the Brazilian or the Portuguese word. It's a yes. typical Brazilian thing. It's uh, sirloin cap. Sirloin cap. That's how you would say that. All According right. to a quick Google search. Uh, so this is, if you're if sirloin cap doesn't do it for you, ask your butcher. Maybe they'll know picanha, P-I-C-A-N-H-A. Like, oh my God. It in was English, so it would good. be like picanha. 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 But... Uh, just outrageous, outrageous steak. The beautiful thing about it is that you can almost not, you just can't mess it up because you, you roast the crap out of one side of it, then you flip it over, and then even if it's medium, you're still going to slice it, and then if somebody wants it, or if it's rare, somebody wants it a little more cooked, you just grill those sides that you, that you sliced off. Tell you what, that big green egg helps, though. The big green egg. Well, amazing. so my brother has made that exact cut on his grill, which is a gas grill, and I asked them afterwards, how, how does this compare? I mean, we did, we basically uh, seasoned it the way he seasoned it, which was just basically completely covered in salt, uh, rock salt, by the way. And I said, how different was, was, the, uh, was the picanha on your gas grill as compared to the big green egg? And he said it was just night and day. The flavor just jumped out at you from the, from the big green egg. So that's what I'll be doing for the Super Bowl. Ivan, I know you have uh, your own culinary adventures sometimes. Any any go-tos for when you're uh, Super Bowl prepping? Super Bowl prepping. How about pizza, uh, chicken wings, and chips? You got low maintenance for the Super Bowl. You got to watch them commercials. I hate I hate slaving over a grill when all this stuff is going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, That's but a lot I, of no, work. but I'm in, I've already uh, I've got the electrical hookup now for the TV outside. So I'll be able to grill and watch the game perfectly. I'm a degenerate gambler. So I like checking my boxes after the end of each quarter. I like doing I hate. I hate looking over all the food. Is I that, cook does, all the time. Not, not on Super Bowl. Does your fantasy league do any Super Bowl thing? Nothing. I won that thing, by the way, guys. I'm the nice. champ. Nice. No skirt. <laughs> no, no, no dress. skirt. No dress. No That's skirt. Right. Trophy. Trophy for me. How would you, uh, was there any... Uh, you know, compensation? I, you know I hate talking about this. It's compensation <laughs> that I'll probably never see. So this is worse than Bitcoin. This is a real Ponzi scheme here. <laughs> so, All right. Um, How about you, dude? You didn't say what you're going to oh, make? Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I 
almost I, I don't think I've ever hosted a Super Bowl thing. So I generally don't make anything except maybe if I'm contributing a little something, uh, like a, I don't know, like a dip or bringing over some some bot wings from a wing place or something like that. But pretty low maintenance. Oh come on! No, it's the uh, wife. Um, it's the only one that's allowed the ring. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I I generally haven't hosted any any Super Bowl stuff, and for like. A huge chunk of the last fifteen years, uh, I was I was in Packer country, so they're a little more Super Bowl crazy, and um, and then I was in in Missouri, where uh, just big on sports in general, even though they they've lost their NFL franchise, but uh, except for Kansas City, but even though the teams have been perpetually disappointing, all those Chiefs and Rams fans were pretty diehard. So, um, but yeah, I, I generally have not cooked a whole lot. One thing that I you do like... You didn't bring anything on this. I know. I didn't topic. bring a whole lot. I will say... Not going to Nick's house for this. No, yeah, no. I should have just skipped <laughs> over don't, it. Don't come to my house. That's that's why I was ready to move on to the next thing. Uh, I will say this is something that people in, in the Southeast uh, might be able to, to take a cue on. Uh, a friend of mine introduced me to the idea of making a dip by chopping up Publix chicken tenders and buffalo sauce uh, with cream cheese. And that's... That's pretty awesome. Sounds like a good time. That is a very good time, and it's easy to do. Uh, people were very impressed with very minimal effort. It's not big on you, but, you know. Hey, before we continue, can we talk about the cigar? I mean, I, I feel like uh, like we brought a cigar out from the quote-unquote vault, and uh, and we haven't talked about it enough. But it, I don't know I don't know about you guys, but as I'm going down the cigar, it, it's uptick in flavor significantly. Yeah. Also, the Godiva is completely off my palate, yeah. uh, but I'm seriously enjoying it. I'm into it. It's uh, it's it's got a nice uh, woodiness to it. Uh, that, but not in a bad offensive no, way. No, no, it's whatsoever. like a, like a mild cedar. Yep. Uh, there's a little bit of that, like I want to say chocolate. I'm hesitant to commit to chocolate just because the Godiva still might be lingering a bit. But it's there's some a, a mild chocolatiness there. Uh, I but agree. It's, it's it's good balance. It's it's bringing a little bit of all the you know, and it's like ever so slight hint of spice, but like super slight. Yeah, and the burn couldn't be better. I think we're all doing pretty damn well here. Yeah. This would be a great golf course cigar. Like I'd love to smoke well, this so on the course. It was a little bit pricey, I think, back in the day, and impossible to get now. So I don't know about your golf course cigar. It's big though. It's. A- it's seven inches by whatever forty-eight. Yeah, from that and level, it's, but and it's get smooth a, and yeah, no, sure. I, get a seven by fifty-six bundled cigar, man. Don't take this mm, out to the court. I never smoked that stuff, man. Come on, we're snobs. We're snobs around here. That's true. That's true. There you go. You can't bring yourself to smoke a bad cigar. No. I, honestly, working here, we don't. It's like you have to smoke something that you don't like, and it's like, oh, geez, can't we smoke that other thing? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's. It's uh, life's too short, right? Life's yep. too short for bad cigars, uh, and this is not one of them. This is uh, this is solid. I'm, I'm glad we uh, we we went into the vault for this episode. So the idea, and and can we set that up a little bit? Like, yeah, so sure. the idea is to to do one of these every now and then, right? Yeah, every now and again, we'll we'll take a dive into the 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 vault, which is the technical term we use for the deepest corners of the office humidor. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, this this is the first time that we're doing it, but I'm sure we'll we'll keep going. And and I think one of the things that we want to try to do is have guests go into their quote unquote vaults. Uh, That'd be awesome. And and bring them in. So uh, you know, hopefully uh, in in the coming months, we'll have a few guests on 
from the cigar world who, you know, they've all got their funky little collections of stuff that uh, either never hit the market or has been off the market for a long time. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I think we're all looking forward to, to having that stuff that uh, yeah, give me an excuse. we otherwise would never get yeah. into. Give me an excuse to smoke something really old and really good. Yeah. Or really weird. I'll, I'll, I'll do, new, I'll do new and weird. New and weird is good. You know, so I'm like, oh, we experimented with this off-the-wall thing. So we'll see. We'll see what ends up At coming At the end through. of the day, they're all rolled up leaves. <laughs> so I don't know how weird you want to get here. You're looking for a transition to get into your weird video of the week, right? Oh, no, I don't that's, have any weird is videos that, this Is that week. where he's going with this? I don't have weird Some videos Japanese week. Here it comes. I don't, I don't <laughs> and have, speaking of weird. <laughs> I don't have weird videos this week, but that does bring us to our parting recommendations. Uh, at the end of every episode, we make recommendations on things that you may want to do, eat, watch, read. So I guess I'll start since uh, I'm, I'm letting you guys down, though, with a lack of weird. There were two things that I saw recently. One was the movie The Shape of Water, uh, which was great. If you were into Pan's Labyrinth um, or any of those other uh, Guillermo del Toro films, very good movie. Um and the other was a Netflix documentary series called The Toys That Made Us, which is kind of what it sounds like. It's a, a five-part documentary series, and each one focuses on a different toy franchise. So the first episode is all about the Star Wars toys and the story of how those were developed and how they were brought to market and the sort of business deals behind them. So it's kind of a cool mix of, like, if you're into the nostalgia of Stranger Things and you're into business stories and... Uh, and you, Say the truth. You're in it for the Barbie. Franchise. I'm in it for the Barbie franchise. You're right. I'm I'm all about that and the GI Joes, which are Barbie for boys. They were. Um, and uh, so yeah, that that's totally worth watching. I would highly recommend it. Don't be thrown by what might be the worst theme song in the history of anything ever recorded. Theme song is absolute garbage, and I almost turned it off. These are the toys that made us. It's an eight-part documentary series about the toys that we all know. Plastic creations that last for generations and we still cannot let go. Little molded figures that gave us big dreams will go back in time and behind the scenes. It's the toys that made us. Toys that made us is here. But I'm glad I stuck it out. Uh, definitely watch that. What about you guys? So I, I actually watched a uh, the first episode of Rotten, which is also a Netflix original. It's like a kind of d- deep dive into, not to use the word deep dive, yeah, the phrase deep dive, but uh, it it exposes some of the uh, darker, uglier parts of the food industry. So it started with honey, which I'm a fan. That's, that's actually why I watched it. Uh, I love honey. I love real honey. And... Uh, and so the episode on honey is awesome about, you know, the, the problems that these beekeepers uh, run into and all the shady things that happen with, uh, you know what they call when, when they, uh, like, cut honey? Adulterated honey, that's what it's called. Uh, when, they, when they take this, uh, you know, what is normal honey and they'll cut it with some type of syrup. And, uh, and so obviously you're, you're, you're paying honey prices for something that's not 100% honey. But then there's also the the shadiness of like the Chinese honey uh, and how the Chinese are able to get it into this. It's very, very interesting. So I recommend that if you're into like those those exposés on on what was that? What was that uh, documentary back then about food? Food Inc., wasn't it? Yep. 
So it's kind of along those lines, but, uh, but a little bit deeper into each uh, sort of topic. Uh, the other thing is the book that I'm reading right now, which is The Power of Habit, which I love. Uh, by uh, Duhigg, the guy that wrote uh, Smarter, Faster, Better, uh, Charles Duhigg. So anyway, th those are my uh, recommendations. The Power of Habit and Rotten. Sorry, I went a little long on my article. It's all right. Um, so I'm not reading anything right now, but I am drinking something mm. besides this Godiva. First, I'd like to give a shout out to Yayao Cigars and the Tank Brewing for providing us with our little kegerator here in the office. So Little is thanks. Little oh, it's misleading. A, it's, yeah, it's a big kegerator, uh, and it's awesome. I don't drink water in the office anymore. I just drink beer. Uh, We're drinking Freedom Trail. So uh, no, Freedom Tower. Freedom sorry. Tower. So Freedom Tower from. So the check tank. out Tank Brewing Freedom Tower. It's uh, it's like a red ale. It's like an amber ale. Yeah, it's like an amber ale. ale. Uh, it's it's delicious. So check that out. It's awesome. Cool. All right, and with that, we are wrapping up this episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Remember to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music. You can also find us at cigarsnobmag.com slash podcast and send any emails uh, to feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. We're always looking for any feedback, criticism, questions, comments. That's feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Thanks.